0: You have been a longtime follower of our CR team. You know that we've had the immense privilege to serve a role at each of the last four years Cleveland Challenger events. We are so thrilled to have that opportunity once again here in 2023 and joining me on today's podcast to preview that upcoming ATP Challenger is the tournament director of the Cleveland Open, our dear friend from Top Notch Management, Alex Guthrie, joins me to talk Talk about what is truly a stacked field at this 2023 Challenger event. Of course, we also talk about what it takes behind the scenes to put on a Challenger event year after year. We talk about the ways this Cleveland community has embraced having ATP Challenger tennis in their lives each year. We also, of course, talk about how this event helped set up the WTA 250 they now have each summer in Cleveland. Our crack records team also had the immense privilege to work that event and had to talk Talk to Guthrie about that tennis in the land WTA 250 had to offer a brief tangent, talk about some of the best stadiums in all of tennis, because sincerely, I believe the Tennis in the Land Stadium belongs on that list. But again, this one's a bit in the weeds. We nerd out, but that's what we love to do here at Cracked Rackets. And I guarantee all of you listeners, you will enjoy hearing the thoughts, comments, opinions, and just lovely words of our dear friend, Alex Guthrie. So that's what we've got in store for all of you listeners on today's show. Of course, before we get there, shout out to our friends at Swing Vision. They're on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the sport of tennis to learn more click on the link in the description to this app all uh, to this episode excuse me all you got to do of course when you sign up use our promo code crack20 you'll get $20 off plus a free 10-day pro trial again to learn more just click on the link in the description to this app swing vision a proud sponsor of the cracked interviews podcast but with that said Let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Cleveland Open Tournament Director and returning champion, Alex Guthrie. Hey, crack fans. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows. Of course, unofficially, he was the youngest tournament director in ATP Challenger history. He continues in that role this year as he serves as tournament director of the Cleveland Open in ATP 75K Challenger event. Welcome back onto the show. Our dear friend, Alex Guthrie. Guthrie, welcome back. How are you doing today?
1: Well, it's always good to be with a fellow AG, as you know. But uh, yeah, the better question is, how are you doing? Are you sleeping at all with the Aussie going
0: on? I'm sleeping at weird hours. I sneak in like five hours between like 5 and 11 and then – I won't lie, there's usually a nap around the five to seven range as well, so that I can prepare myself for the night session. But you're right, AG's rolling packs. It's always good to have a fellow one here on this show. And I know I am busy watching an event, you are busy planning an event. That is a completely different sort of responsibility. I have seen firsthand over the past three years how chaotic and yet things can get, and yet how in control you remain, and again, how smooth that Cleveland Open manages to run each and every year, and again, this isn't a first-time event. You guys are running things back. Talk to me about the development of this event, why you guys have been able to have it each and every season.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we started the event um, in 2019. That was the first time Top Notch has ever ran an event at all um, in the challenger circuit, so Um, Yeah, and this is now year five of it. And I mean, an event doesn't just happen overnight and we've slowly grown it, um, whether it's adding more seating, whether it's getting more sponsors, getting a better player field, right? Um, Things have, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of blossom. But um, also, as you mentioned, the planning part, when you're when you're on year five of of an event, um things things do become turnkey, which is very nice. Um, however, we are trying to improve it. We're not just trying to stick with the status quo and just hit uh repeat on everything. Um, but things that work well we do like to hit repeat on, but then we also, yeah, like to expand and make it uh not letting it go stale for the fans.
0: No, I do like the idea that because it's year five, there's like an Excel folder where you're like, bring out the spreadsheets. It's time to change the names. Like, but we know that this format works. And I should have mentioned that earlier. Of course, not only are you the youngest tournament director in ATP Challenger history, you are of course a do everything for our dear friends over at Top Notch Management, who of course represent countless top professionals in the tennis world. And, you know, it's fascinating. You mentioned it's year five of this event. I think back on some of the things we have seen over the years at this event, and you could actually make a strong case. You know, people right now are talking about the Netflix curse. You could talk about the Cleveland Challenger blessing. I mean, talk about where we've seen some of the players go. Last year, it was Dom Stricker versus Yoshi Nishioka in the final. Where is Yoshi now? Oh, I don't know. Just sitting in the top 35 of the ATP rankings. Of course, Stricker, one of the talented and promising young ATP next-gen 2.0 talents who we saw compete in the next-gen finals last year. And do you want to know how he got there? It really helps to have a challenger title on your resume. Of course, I go back further because we've been at the event since the beginning. And I think about the and I think I can say this now without Kyle or Sam getting mad at me, the hasty setup of putting up those chairs and that makeshift bleacher in year <laughs> number one versus like just how smooth things are now where it's like, nope, the seating is perfectly allocated. Everything makes exact sense. Um, that said, you, you talk about the field. Uh, I, I, I do want to say, what is it about this event that you think continues to entice so many players that go on to immediate success?
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, um, as managing players, we do worry about the player experience, right? Um, We worry about the hotels nice, we worry that the food stops good. So um, first and foremost, we do really care about the player experience. Um, With that said, as you mentioned, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, good players come through. um, As you mentioned, Yoshi and Dominic from last year, even going back to year one when Max Cressy won it, right? Mm -hmm. And look where he's going. And um, just um, jotting through the Australian Open main draw, uh, we had 17 alum um, that have played the event in the main, just, just the main draw singles. So, okay. um, and, and it's a really cool connection for the fans that come to the event They're They see them. I mean, that's a challenger tour in general, right? They see them. And then two years later, they're playing on ESPN um, in, on Rod Laver, Laver Arena. So, um, I mean, it, it's just a really cool, Experience and we've been blessed to have a uh, really good player field, a good alumni base, etc. So I
0: think about Kvasovic, made a big run in at an ATP event. He's made some runs in Cleveland. Michael Moe into the top 100. He's yeah. obviously had some success in Cleveland, of course. Got to give a shout-out to the winningest player in Cleveland Challenger history, Robert Galloway, who I believe is slated to be back this year as well. And again, with that in mind, I want to talk about the sponsors. I do want to offer a behind-the-scenes look because I don't think listeners understand – what truly goes into setting up an event like this and by the way why if there's an event like this in your community it's actually maybe the best bang for your buck in all of tennis but let's entice some listeners let's talk about this year's field you look at some of the players you have obviously top ranked guy right now on the entry list number 91 daniel altmeyer you've got you know michael moe as of right now on the list um we'll see obviously if he's able to make that but oh man when i look at these names. Jerry Shang, the talented 17-year-old. Ebing Wu, who at times last season looked like he might actually be the greatest player in men's professional tennis. The talented former junior U.S. Open champion who's looking to solidify his spot in the top 100. Of course, if you want the classics, you've got Jack Sock. You've got Steve Johnson, Tennis Sandgren. Younger players like Zach Sfida, former Kentucky All-American Gab Diallo as well. I like this field. I like this field a lot, Guthrie. Was it just to entice me or, you know, again, talk to me about what we see?
1: Well, first and foremost, I knew you'd like uh, Robert Galloway on that entry list. Um, (laughs) As you said, the winningest player in Cleveland Open history. I mean, that's
0: That's my guy. Like, I actually, it's amazing. So, and I'm fortunate, but just to, again, listeners, sorry to cut you off. But why I say that and why I'm such a fan of this event is You will legitimately have the opportunity to speak with any player you would like to speak with. This is happening at a local club. A gorgeous club, but a club that offers intimate access to these players. It's not grand stadiums and then they're running off into tunnels. No, you get to... You know, I, like, I wanted to say see and feel these players. Feel seems a little bit weird. I don't mean it like that, but you're actually in the environment. You get to see them up close. You have the opportunity to speak for them. They will certainly hear you if you are cheering for them. And I mean, again, do I consider Robert Galloway a close friend? No. Will Robert Galloway and I always say hello to each other, in my opinion, for the rest of our lives when we see one another? Absolutely. Like, that's the sort of thing you get.
1: Yeah. Um, and you kind of mentioned it, the club is awesome. They've been a great partner. Um, and you're right. The intimate feel of the event in itself. I mean, the restaurant is awesome. You're eating lunch next to, um, Jack or Steve Johnson or whoever the, the players are, um, I mean, they have their player lounge where they could escape and, um, have, have their private time, but, um, a lot of them like to be in the action. They like to, uh, Fraternize with the members, and um, yeah, obviously we've seen some of them uh, doing shots after after a big <laughs> win um, in the in the restaurant there. So um, it's a really cool experience. And you mentioned this year's player field. Um, yeah, I mean there's a lot of enticing names, uh, both up and comers and older players, and uh, top notch. Um, if you're not familiar, we also operate the Columbus Challenger as well, um, and so we've gotten to know a lot of these guys in the last several years of Um, seeing them some of them I think have been at every all eight challengers that we've run so um, it's good to um, connect with them but also uh, some of the new faces that come on and we meet for the first time it's it's really cool and I think specifically to this year's player field yeah there's just a lot of enticing names Um, so it's the the fans are in for a treat.
0: It's a fun blend as well of, again, veterans, young up-and-coming yeah. talent from the American pipeline, from the international pipeline, the collegiate pipeline as well. You get Again, it's, it's a nexus of everything we love, certainly here at Cracked Rackets. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say are there any names in the field you have your eyes on because certainly I don't want to put that pressure on you as tournament <laughs> director. You have to love them all equally. But of I am curious – from a wild card perspective, do uh-huh. we get a little breaking news here on today's show, or do you guys have players in mind you're targeting? Let's, you know, that I can ask about.
1: So I'm glad you asked the question. Um, not, <laughs> not fully prepared to uh, reveal everything, um, but uh, w- one wild card we are giving away in the qualifying singles is to uh, NCA doubles champion, Division Three doubles champion, James Hopper.
0: Ooh, I love. So, it. And he's been great in Cleveland.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think him and he played doubles with Felix two years ago, and they either won around or they almost won around or something. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so J- James Hopper is the. Uh, I guess, breaking news. Um, right,
0: no, yeah, lock it in. I, no, I love the D3 wildcard, and obviously Hopper's been a top five guy in Division three college tennis for multiple years now, a guy who's going to be spending a fifth year at Virginia, so perhaps the D1 crowd will get to know him a little bit better next season. And by the way, a yeah. massive shout-out to the entire case program, to Todd Wojciechowski. Did I get it right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of practice over the years, um, <laughs> who is just – instrumental in ensuring this event happens as well and you know again that's going to be very cool to see all right we won't get the main draw wild cards yet but you know what I like to ask Guthrie all I say is please text me before Parsa that's all I ever (laughs) ask of, of you you guys should listeners should know that when Guthrie who is actually better at this than anyone else in my life who will come up to me during the middle of the day And not that I'm slacking, but, you know, he just likes to give me some sh** because that's what he does. And he'll be like, you know, Phil Fama would be doing this right now. Or he'll go, you know, like, Parsa would have had this scoop already. And it's one of my favorite things we do throughout. It's actually, like, one of my favorite things we do um, in our exchanges. But, again, when you look at this event, I talk about, obviously, we've embraced it here at Cracked Rackets. Talk to me about the ways the Cleveland community has embraced it. And again, you talk about year five being a little bit easier. What is it, do you think, about this event that the community has embraced so much?
1: I mean, I, I think I hit on it earlier a little bit. They um, they love the intimate feel. I mean, the Cleveland Racket Club membership is awesome. Um, and I'm biased because I used to, in my former life, I was a teaching professional there. Um, but um and then the, the other thing too just uh bigger picture i mean we also host our uh women's 250 event uh leading up to the us open and um yeah cleveland really didn't have professional tennis much um prior to our events here i mean there were some one offs with fed cup and davis cup and whatnot um and then stuff dating back 30 40 years ago um uh, but they've really embraced uh pro tennis here in cleveland we i mean say, Credit to Sam and Kyle They thought it was possible that um, Cleveland would embrace tennis And yeah, they don't um, I mean, they're they're not the people that just say Oh, we could watch this on tennis They're like, wow, we're watching Jack Sock practice Or, right. I mean, they, they, they do truly with this event They um, take in all of it From the watching practices Watching matches um, Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Get, Getting to volunteer too Getting to drive the players, you know um, So there's a lot of cool uh it's it's a really cool event to be a part
0: of yeah absolutely and you have local ball kids as well who are always <laughs> yeah. a part of the action every so often we get to see you ball kid myself i get in the ball again i once dropped the ball as Braden schner was about to hit a second serve <laughs> and i've never felt like more of a failure in my entire life shout out to the um, 2019 event
1: and, and funny you mentioned me bulking um i i did get out there during the last columbus challenger <laughs> yeah. and uh, Enzo Quaco, I was ball bowling his match. And it was a 10 a.m. match and early in the morning. And um, he, I don't think he, he had to do a double take when he went to get the balls for me. He's like, wait, aren't you the tournament director? I'm Like, <laughs> like yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he yeah, he he loved it. Um,
0: no stone left unturned when Guthrie's got to get out there and ball kid. That's what he'll do for the tournament. And again, that's what makes this event so enjoyable. Um, yeah. The fact that there's a bar and food about 15 steps from center court that makes the experience better for everyone. And yeah, I, it was not that I was camping out, but I knew roughly to the minute when Dom Stricker would be having his pregame meal. And so if I had to ask him something before the match, I knew like, all right, it's about an hour 30 out. Like, come on. I know the pasta's is ready. Um, and it would just, again, you get to see them all hanging out there. They're all, it's funny because you can tell the first two days People are a little afraid to approach them, but then as soon as it happens on one of the days, it's just the dam breaks, and it again, by the end, you have players taking shots with people in the crowd, and it's thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, of course, you mentioned another event that's been brought to Cleveland. I had the opportunity to be a part of it last year, the Cle- uh, Tennis in the Land, of course, WTA 250 event in Cleveland the week prior to the U.S. Open. Boy, was it a delight. And just to explore that, because it's been two years now of that event, um, talk to me about what, talk to me about the differences. I'm curious what it's like putting on the Cleveland Open versus putting on that Tennis in the Land event.
1: Well, uh, I, I guess for starters, so our, um, so Tennis in the Land is at a music venue. So yeah, sure. um, so from, from the get-go, uh, our challengers at a tennis facility, our uh, um, WTA event, we have to make courts, right? Mm-hmm. So- just even from like from that get go, it's it's an entirely different uh, animal to deal with and, um, and obviously there's a lot of difference in the production levels from a challenger to um, The WTA tour and even things like tennis channel and getting all those cameras. Um, the stadiums are bigger right. Um, our stadium in Cleveland sits 300 um and again that that's one of the best parts about it that's so intimate but that our um cleveland or our wta stadium fits 2000 so um or i should say uh 3000, but um but yeah it's, so j- just like minuscule differences like that that um from a macro perspective just make it way different um and also i mean uh the challenger is is on the east side a cool very cool country club um And then the women's event is downtown in the heart of everything. So, I mean, there's – I mean, both events are awesome. They complement each other well. Um, They give the Cleveland pro tennis fan some taste of pro tennis in the winter and then in the summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a really good synergy between the two.
0: That was very well said. They do complement each other extraordinarily well. And let me ask you this. You've traveled a little bit in your role for Top Notch. Yeah. All honesty, and I'll know if you are lying. Center court at tennis in the land. Rank it as a court amongst what you've um, experienced.
1: Oh man, for or me,
0: it's third for me. So, and that's like, and I say that with high praise. Like it is straight up third on my list. As <laughs> when you are sitting in that indoor half bubble, and again, you are right on top of the court. Every angle is a good angle as well. You feel like, again, you can hear, you can see, you can feel all of the action. I have a trailing you know the you know the bowl at Cincinnati the one that goes oh, downwards I think that's yeah. the best court in all of tennis like I think that's the coolest thing in the world cuz you're literally just on top of the tennis match and again it feels like there's a limited baseline to back fence ratio because of how that stadium is built and sure. I just think it's unlike anything else second is a college stadium that I refuse to say out loud. It's not Michigan, but I'm just – I'm sick of getting yelled at by people about what stadiums I enjoy, but I do have a number two, and it relates to a college program. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll just say it. Yeah, I was going to say it. And it's really stupid, but for me, number two is Wisconsin. The Nielsen Tennis Center. Because I've had a lot of great experiences there. And it's literally just a warehouse for tennis. Like, it's like, here's 12 tennis courts, some bleachers, and nothing else. Like, let's go to war. And I just think it's awesome. Like, it's just like that old school yeah. how it was supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Um, no no, Ty Tucker Tennis Center in, in your top three? Haven't or? been yet. That, it, that's number four.
0: Has, haven't been yet. It's on the list of things I have to get to. But, like, it, okay. I'll tell you this. It's not eliminated from the list yet. I really love the fact that there's six across. Like, you have my attention.
1: And, and a huge scoreboard, too.
0: Yeah, that's sort of – like, the, not off the list. You're right. It's, it's, it's hovering. It's hovering. I just have to see it yeah. first for myself.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But – um no, and I think the other cool part of our stadium court, um, as you mentioned, with the cover, um, we were getting tied into some uh, Australian Open stuff because in yeah. Adelaide, they, they had the, uh, they stole had the it. overhang. I know. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. I guess our copyright didn't go through in time. But, but, yeah. Uh,
0: that was my thought. That's funny you say that because I was like, this is the Cleveland court. You stole yeah. the Cleveland court. Right. So. Yeah. No. Well, yours, you guys were the original. We know that here at Cracked Rackets. The copyright didn't go through in time. Again, I know there are some individuals you guys have to give thanks to as well. I want to offer you the opportunity to do that because there might be some people thinking, well, how do I get the, the Cleveland Open in my community? Certainly, you shoot for a WTA 250. That's a whole different podcast of what that bidding process is like. And the truth be told, you want a WTA 250? Check the calendar. Not a lot of weeks available. Yeah. Um, <laughs> challengers though are a little bit different obviously that takes finding the money finding the sponsors finding the club talk to me about all those components
1: yeah um, no a lot of good questions um, and and I would do want to say we are a part of the USTA pro circuit so I mean the USTA um, and obviously this Australian open it's it's paying results we have we're gonna have 10 top 10 males in the top 50 in mm-hmm. um, that yeah, that, that goes to show the importance of the USTA Pro Circuit and what they're doing to keep. I mean, someone like Ben Sheldon, as you, uh, as we know, hasn't left the States before this event. And, and really, if you're a, a, a top tennis player in the U.S., you truly don't have to go out um, that much. I mean, J.J. Wolf, who's one of our clients on the management side and um, Cleveland Open, um, alumni. He, he didn't leave the States too much either. Um, when he started playing the the tour. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of good opportunities in the U S. Um, but with that being said, yeah, it it takes finding a good partner. We found a good one, um, with the Cleveland racket club being a great host and getting them to embrace it. Because if, um, the community doesn't embrace it, then we might as well, um, not even try to put the event on because without the community support f- with the sponsors, people buying tickets, um, people just spreading the word and being excited about it. And, Oh, did you hear the Cleveland opens in two weeks and like that, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it takes a, takes a community, it takes a village to really put on an event like this. Um, yeah. So I mean, this, the support in Cleveland specifically, but also another, um, other ways but I also think the other cool thing too is how many colleges are getting challenger events I mean if 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 they have the uh fundraising abilities and the boosters and all that I mean it seems like a no-brainer you get your players some wild cards um Mm -hmm. you you get the the other the players that don't compete their practice partners and getting to see a real live pro tennis ball and um seeing what they're up against and I mean yeah the challenger tour is so cool and Again, getting able, being able to run eight of them in the last five years, it's, I mean, it's been great, and I, I think it's, it's so underrated.
0: Yeah, no, certainly. Again, uh, obviously, shout out to the USA Pro Circuit and trying to create these playing opportunities everywhere. It felt like we were going to get an even bigger boost with that Oracle Pro Tour, which popped sure. up for a moment, and unfortunately, it went away. But you're right, just all the college campuses that have the facilities to do it. They certainly have the infrastructure, you would feel like, given they are college campuses as well. Yes. Um, it, well. Hopefully, we continue to see more of them as we have seen so many pop up over uh, throughout the course and really throughout the United States over the course of the past five, ten years. That said, I want to have some fun with you before I let you go because obviously um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'll be doing so much throughout the course of the <laughs> Cleveland Open. You mentioned the American men, 10 inside the top 50. I asked this question on a podcast we did yesterday. I think this is the fun debate moving forward. So I want you to tune. uh, I want you to offer your thoughts on this debate. I'll point out none of them are top-notch clients, so I feel like you can (laughs) say things without getting in trouble. Let me ask you this, Fritz Corda Shelton, you get stock in one of them over the next decade. Who do you take and why?
1: Oh man. Well. I I think they're all gonna. I mean, I mean Taylor's already there, obviously, but yeah. um, I'm gonna punt on this question and just say American tennis is in great hands.
0: Yeah. Well, what was it like watching JJ get through, to, obviously, to the fourth round? Had it been fun times? at top notch?
1: Oh, I mean, it was great, and obviously, yeah. J- JJ is an awesome guy, and he works so hard, trains so hard, and um, him and his coach, him, him and his team, um, they're, they're all putting in the work. So to see that uh, finally transpire and, and we know it's going to happen again. So it, it, it was very exciting to see, um, d- despite me staying up till 3am, 4am some nights, but it, it was worth it.
0: Yeah. What's more enjoyable seeing someone like Caroline Garcia go on to have the success she's had or that every time they flash to the player box in Fort Worth, you get to see Sam and Kyle just smiling
1: as long as they're wearing their tennis in the land merch. It's awesome. You know. <laughs>
0: There's nothing I enjoyed more down that home stretch. I was like, I know them. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, this is just, it just is a different thing when you're like, who are these people? And you're like, wait, these ones I know. Um, No, it's been good times at Top Notch. And something I'm curious your guys' approach to, and I don't want to get you in trouble, but I got to ask it anyways. Where are you with Pickleball? Not speaking on behalf of Top Notch, speaking on behalf of Alex Guthrie. Where are you with it?
1: I mean, I I think it's great if people are playing a racket sport or, or what have you. Um and yeah, it's a and I was just talking to someone this morning about it. it's a great social thing. You could just kind of go out there and um have four paddles and quickly pick it up. There's not a learning curve um as, as much, but um I think uh I, I I think it's great. It's gonna continue to grow in the States. Um haven't really seen it take off in Europe or anything like that, but Um, yeah, I I mean, yeah, uh, pickleball fan here.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they just announced what the ESPN contract, I think yesterday. And certainly you see some players signing (laughs) with management companies, these, these pickleball players who you feel like for the, you know, that's really the first time that's happened, right?
1: Yeah. Um, we actually started our pickleball division. I don't know if you knew this two years ago. Well, I was Um, trying
0: to lead you there. There we go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. With, uh, Tyson McGuffin as our first client. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've um, kind of created a branch of pickleball management here as well, so it's uh, it's very exciting and um, yeah. The I excited to see the future.
0: I had a fun, stupid conversation with someone who's I know who's very into pickleball, mm-hmm. and I was talking about how like Ben Johns right now is obviously the goat, right? Like he's the greatest of all time, but we're only like three years in. And so I'm like wondering if this level of greatest of all time will sustain or is it like five years from now, you know, I'll just say the like Kristen Elshon is just like slicing and dicing. We're like, no, 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 that's the goat.
1: Uh, it's tough to say, right? And I yeah. think that's part of, the, part of the fun thing about it, like yeah. especially with those pro tennis players coming in and um, giving them a little time and seeing seeing what happens with them, I think, is the next fascinating phase of pickleball.
0: I agree. Well, then my last question for you before I let you go. uh, Well, last two, I suppose, because I have one more Cleveland Open one for you. But last non-Cleveland Open related question. I've been looking at the rosters. I've been getting ready for ITA kickoff weekend. (laughs) I really like the Buckeyes this year. I really. It's just how experienced they are. It's that like one of Cash, Luchanig, and probably Anthrop is not going to be playing. And you're just like, how is that possible? Like this team with the strides Boulay has taken, Trotter's taken uh, in the in the summer, and like just, again, the collective experience they have. This is a good team.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm excited about what's going on in Columbus. And yeah, um, outside of top notch, I'm a huge college tennis fan just in general. Um, been fortunate to go to the last couple NCA championships. And uh, I mean, I'm there working. Uh, but I'm I'm also there as a fan and it's just awesome to soak it up. And um, yeah, I, I obviously being close with the uh, Ohio State team working on the Columbus Challenger. I've gotten to know those guys and um very excited with what they can do this year.
0: Would you have also played Boulay at one? <laughs>
1: Ty knows what he's doing. That's what I'm saying. Coach Coach Tucker knows what he's doing.
0: They're just good, man. They're good everywhere. It's going to be a really fun year. There's a lot of really good teams. And so I think it's going to be a great season. And uh, yeah, again, I'm getting over to the Ty Tucker Tennis Center at least once this year. It's just on the list. But then my actual final question for you, dates, tickets, following it at home, what can tennis fans do to support and get to this Cleveland Open?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so our website is uh, topnotchtennisevents.com. Um, but you could also Google Cleveland Open. Um, we have, uh, it starts on Sunday the 29th and goes through February the 5th uh, with the finals and uh, streaming is going to be on the typical streaming platforms for Challenger Tennis on um, the Challenger Tour website. So you can watch from home um, I'm sure we'll have links up on our website. You could go directly to the uh to the streaming from there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just tune in and um I think it's gonna be and interact with us on social media at, at Cleveland Challenger. Um and yeah, I think uh yeah, we're the, the whole Top Notch team is super stoked to get this going and um it's kind of like it's a great way to start the new year every year, you know? Absolutely.
0: Bonus question.
1: You and I play a two-out-of-three-set
0: match during the event. What's the score?
1: Oh, gosh. T- tennis or paddle tennis? Or? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, real tennis. We're bringing out the rackets and everything.
1: Oh, I You just bring t- out
0: your, I, I, your Wilson N-code, and I'll bring out my Prince Graphite.
1: Well, I got my 7 a.m. hit in this morning, and my forehand was firing. So I think uh, – I, I do think you might get – depends where we're playing. Are we playing in Columbus or in Ann Arbor?
0: No, we're playing indoors in Cleveland.
1: And we're talking oh, okay.
0: not the lightning quick courts from nineteen. We're talking right. the new Cleveland courts.
1: Yeah, and speaking of which, uh we um the back row of five courts is now resurfaced, so all ten courts at the facility are the same. Um, so you can't go back and experience uh the former Cleveland Open back here <laughs> but uh, no I, I think uh competitive juices wise, I've been putting in the work. Um <laughs> may, maybe uh, maybe I had you out in three.
0: No, I'd like to see it. I like to think it would be a good match. I think we hit the over. I'm worried if it goes to a third set that neither of us completes it. And it's just like a stare down of you retire. No, you retire.
1: We can do a 10 point breaker, you
0: know? Yeah. Oh, it sounds like the opening (laughs) of championship night. That's how we're going (laughs) to get the action going. People can look at our bonus. (laughs) They're going to watch us play and be like, oh, okay. I get why they're involved in the event. It makes more sense.
1: Uh, Question for you. Um, What's your over under on uh, the amount of popcorn? Going on Ooh, next week.
0: I'm saying you're at 12 boxes
1: a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, a day. no, day. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I
0: mean, like, you, I'd say you're at what, like a solid six?
1: Uh, I'm a two a day kind of guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're two day. Yeah, one in the mid afternoon and then one once things have winded down. That's true. My thing is, like, that chicken club sandwich. It's like the over under is like seven and a half, and I'll only be there for a limited <laughs> time. Um, and so. Sure. Yeah, no, it, it's, I'm wondering, and by the way, do I have to beat you two and two or worse for Sam to sign me? Like, is that what the the <laughs> score has to be? Oh,
1: well, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's something like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. But no, I mean, um, again, it has been a pleasure for us to have the opportunity to attend the Cleveland Open. It was a joy to be at Tennis in the Land. It's always a delight to work with the top-notch crew, and it's even fun to see you from time to time, my fellow AEG. Um, any final thoughts before I let you go?
1: Um, yeah, well, first, uh, that goes both ways. We enjoy working with you guys. You guys make an event. Um, so it was, it, you give it some personality behind you guys. And, um, and, uh, unfortunately the tub of towels towel or table is not uh, returning this year. They're out. So we have to find a new, uh, new corner, uh, oh, new, new corner to live in that. In that corner up, you know? I
0: literally was thinking about it and I was like, all right, I've been doing the same jokes for like two years. I was like, this is probably the year I have to change the jokes a little bit. I just like, what if I come in with just a deadpan serious approach for like the first two and they're like, what the – and then just third one, <laughs> unleash the dogs. Like, right. yeah. that's a, don't, Let's just say – I've started writing the material. That's all I, that will be my, as the least I can do. But Alex Guthrie, Cleveland Open Tournament Director, top notch management, do everything. It is always a pleasure to get the chance to speak with you, my friend. Be safe, be healthy. I will see you soon.
1: No, thank you again. And uh, see you on the Buckeye State soon. Yeah, OH? I'll. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Cleveland Open Tournament Director and a Crack Rackets returning champion now in Alex Guthrie. A massive thank you to him for taking the time to chat. A massive thank you to the top-notch management team for continuing to tolerate all of our nonsense and, of course, for including our Crack Rackets team in each of their events. We are very much looking forward to getting back to Cleveland this year, of course. Something else we're looking forward to, this weekend's ITA kickoff week. Weekend action—it's the ceremonial start to the 2023 Division One college tennis season. We are so fortunate here to be able to bring so much of it to all of you college tennis fans. We'll have, I believe, 16 sites that we'll be shifting between over the course of Friday through Monday to bring all of that kickoff weekend action. It's going to be available for free as well over on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Coverage begins early in the day on Friday, again continues all the way through Monday. You don't. Want to miss any of that because you don't want to miss the cool things our super producer Daniel Westoff, who as always has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. He's got some really cool things in store for our broadcast this season. So be on the lookout for that this weekend. Of course, Australian Open Talk available on the Great Shot podcast feed, the Mini Break podcast feed as well. A shout out to our dear friends at Swing Vision for their support of this show. Remember to learn more about their artificial intelligence innovations. Just go click on the Swing Vision app or the link to the Swing Vision app in the description to this podcast. With all of that said, for the fantastic Alex Guthrie. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Cracked Records Crack, and Cain, the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.